Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, the 2017 Radio Sports Broadcaster of the Year on the show with back-to-back Montana Broadcaster Association Awards for sports coverage and award-winning sports journalism. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. We take a look ahead to the weekend forthcoming. We get you some wings. We talk about some beers. And we have a great exclusive interview with former University of Montana head football coach Robin Flugrad. It is Tutel and Nuanas on 102.9 ESPN Radio and across the state on SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios, on your televisions, or on your internets. However you get on there. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. Highway 83 and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen to the stream. The stream is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The stream is there thanks to Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and give a call, 329-1899. The phone number, 329 1899, that phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Plenty to get to today. We're going to spend some time looking ahead to the Montana State Western Illinois football game and the Grizzly Oregon football game. It is a Wednesday. Boys and girls, did you know that? Middle of the week, hump day. So, we have some wings for you from the Desperado Sports Tavern. We are going to give away wings via trivia. A little game we do here every Wednesday. Wing it Wednesday uh, today. Got some uh, my questions revolve around well what else gambling of course more specifically point spreads because there's a giant one in the nfl this week and it got me to thinking about other giant nfl lines uh so we will get into uh that and maybe even the grizz organ spread if you want to uh, you know file that away for a rainy day coming up in about 30 minutes we will also have aaron parchette in studio she is with the montana brewers association and they are having their uh annual montana brewers brew fest down at uh, karis park in missoula here this saturday afternoon so she's going to come tell us all about that this is a good one Boys and girls, there's multiple brew fests throughout the year in the city of Missoula, but this is a good one. Can you say bottomless? Okay? I don't want to give it away, you know. Go bury the lead, but 
bottomless. Okay. Uh, top of the hour, we will also have Coulter's Wing It Wednesday, and then we will hear uh, from Robin Flugrad, who spoke with Coulter uh, earlier today in a, uh, a pretty significant interview, long interview with the uh, former coach who is now the assistant head coach at Northern Arizona University, back into college football coaching as uh, Robin Flugrad. So we will uh, hear from him talking about uh, his time, uh, you know, obviously at the University of Montana and some reflections on that, and then uh, a look at the uh, Montana Oregon football game as well. Coulter, if you're watching on the television, on the stream, on uh, YouTube, is not in studio at the moment. He is on his way. Uh, he is down at practice interviewing Bobby Houck right now for the University of Montana, and then he will also be out of here a little bit early. Typical. Should I say this? Can I say this? Because I know he's listening and driving back. Typical. Show up late, leave early. No, come on now. Why do I do that to my guy? He's out there working hard. So, uh, anyway, Colter will be in here in just a minute and uh, talk to us a little bit about practice. And he's going to go back to practice and uh, interview a couple of players as well. So, he'll be in here uh, in just a moment. Wanted to talk, though, a little bit here off the top of the show uh, about uh, the uh, Western Illinois-Montana State football game that's upcoming. Colt, uh, we talked about this yesterday, but Jeff Choate has sort of highlighted this and, and frankly, I think put a little bit of pressure on on his uh, on his on his team, saying this is this is the prove it game for us. This is the one that we got to have. This is the one uh, that is going to effectively make or break our season. And uh, I thought that was a, a, an interesting way to put this. An interesting thing to have out there uh, as part of uh, of what he said. But he was very clear about that. And uh, and so. I wanted to kind of expand on that. In fact, like Coach Choate expand on that a little bit. He was asked in the postgame press conference, excuse me, in the press conference on Monday, what the mindset of this team is coming out of last week and heading into this week. This is what he had to say. I think we've been a very business-like outfit for a while. I think our fall camp was very much like that. I also think that, you know, we had an experience last year where we played a ranked team that was a playoff team the year before, had an emotional victory at home, and we played extremely poorly the next week on the road at South Dakota State. And uh, that's one of the things that we talked about yesterday, and I think it's definitely in our guy's mind that you know, we got to be on a different mission. You know, we get nothing this week for what happened on Saturday night, nothing. And we're, we're going to play a really good opponent who's going to be challenging to, to compete against, and uh, we need our best. Yeah, I think uh, th- this, this is a, a direct reaction, clearly, right, to what happened at the beginning of last year, the win. Uh, over Western Illinois, oddly enough, the very team that they're going to play this week. And then, yeah, a trouncing uh, in Brookings against uh, South Dakota State. Now, South Dakota State, a top-five team, you know, at the time. Very, very good team, great program. Uh, using uh, a, a backup quarterback in that football game, but they were they were run out of the building, so to speak, uh, in uh, at South Dakota State last year. And look, for, for as good as a team can be, you know when your team has played you know, a good game, an average game, or a bad game. Montana State played a bad game coming off an emotional, big, home-opening victory. And uh, that is the thing that I think has Coach Choate on high alert headed into this one. Uh, I maintain, as I did yesterday, that the South Dakota game, excuse me, the the uh, 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 the game last week against uh, Southeast Missouri State, the number 12 team in the nation, was a bigger game. It just was a bigger game. You, the, the, the win means more beating that team than it than it would on Saturday should they uh, be victorious against Western Illinois. That said, uh, the idea that a loss on Saturday nullifies that win against uh, Southeast Missouri State, I don't think that it does, but it certainly mutes it. I mean, it certainly takes away that momentum uh, that, that you have, you know, the energy of your team and also – uh, their, your, you know, your spot in the top 10, you know, in the nation, uh, which if they are able to win this football game uh, uh, in Macomb on Saturday, going to go a long way to keeping them in the top 10 for a long time. I mean, I think they're going to be there for a long time to come. The Bobcats are. Uh, it was, we've also talked extensively, extensively about the quarterback situation and Casey Bauman being named quarterback. But as we've seen now through two weeks, a lot of, a lot of guys, Travis Johnson, Troy Anderson, some of the running back guys getting in there, taking snaps under center for different looks and doing different things with it. And sometimes just for no other reason than take the ball and hand it off just to keep the looks changing for the opponent. That also, though, uh, can make it difficult to get into the flow as a quarterback. Here's what Jeff Choate had to say on the multiple quarterbacks that they are using. One of the challenges that we face a little bit on offense is how do we get all these guys involved, and especially when you're changing quarterbacks. 
you know, you're in the flow, and then you say, hey, we're going to put Troy in on this down, or we're going to put Travis in on this down, and Casey's up. Um, and that's, a, that's one of the things that we're working through, is how can we you know, continue to maintain good tempo, good flow within the offense, while we're moving the pieces around. And, and, and you see that a little bit with, uh, you know, with Isaiah at running back, with Logan at running back, with Logan on fly sweep. And uh, I think that's going to make us really difficult to defend, but we can't do it at the expense of us not executing it at a high level. And so that, I think some of the lulls that we had on offense on Saturday was a little bit of a result of that, just that our flow wasn't what it needed to be. And that's a, that's a huge challenge because what we're doing isn't easy. You know, most people just line up with one guy behind center and they roll. And, uh, you know, we're trying to maximize our guys and get creative in what we do to make, the, make it easy for us and difficult for the opponent. And that's still a work in progress, I think. Well, it is a work in progress, and it's not easy to do. Listen, two guys threw passes, quote-unquote passes. Uh, Travis Johansson was, uh, excuse me, Travis Johnson was the only person other than Casey Bauman to record what was technically a pass. It was really... Right, the Bob Stitt special, the tip drill forward to uh, Logan Jones that turned into a 55-yard touchdown pass, but it was it was effectively a, a fly sweep, a jet sweep. So Casey Bauman's the only one throwing the football right now for Montana State. I think Montana State could be well served to mix in a, a you know one down the field attempt from somebody who isn't Casey Bauman just to keep the looks up and break tendencies and do all that. That said, eight guys carried the football and recorded rushes for Montana State, and another five guys, six guys, excuse me, recorded a reception, at least one in the game. And so they did an effective job of 14 different guys carrying or running the ball. Now, a couple of guys caught and rushed the ball, so it wasn't 14 different individuals, but 14 different touches to people either receiving or running the football. That's a lot when you talk about, you know, the number of opportunities you have to actually have to go out there and uh, have a play in the football game. But mixing that up, I think there is you have a great opportunity here, the Bobcats, to really keep defenses completely turned around and puzzled. You can't, however, puzzle yourself in the process of doing that, and I think that is a big challenge for both Coach Schoden and especially for Matt Miller. Coulter, welcome in, my man. How are you? Welcome back. Sweaty. Yeah, it was. It's it's like it is where we're in that spot, are we? Where it's like. Cool in the morning, go pants, maybe go flannel like I've yep, done. Yep. And right now you just go, what in the world was I thinking? I know, I'm wearing like the lace-up leather shoes mm-hmm. and just, my feet are just on fire. Uh, let's continue. Uh, you, you you set this up with me, you know, earlier today talking about this and, and this situation. But when you hear Coach Choco, look, I mean, the fact is the challenge is we got so many guys to give the ball to, particularly when we're playing multiple guys under center. It's a difficult thing to do and to do well. And we are, quote, still working through some of that. They're going to be working through that for the duration of the year, it seems to me. I mean, I don't know that you get to a point where you're just going to, okay, we've figured out what we're going to do. Because if you figure that out, you're, you're, you're kind of giving away the game plan. I mean, in, in part, it has to be a bit of a, a, a mystery each and every week. It has to be new each week what you're going to do or else you will get those tendencies figured out, right? It's such an interesting premise in college football. Because you recruit every guy for a reason, and you're going to love the potential of the guys that aren't your headline starters. And oftentimes you're going to actually love that potential more than you love the guys that you're, are your frontline starters because you know what your frontline stars are going to give you. You wonder what the non-frontline guys might be able to give you. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's one of the things that coaches rack their brains about the most. And I also think it's one of the funniest narratives in college football because everybody talks about how many great weapons that they have. And sometimes it's such a game plan thing. Coach Choate was talking, breaking down Western Illinois, which I know we're going to get into here in a second. But you remember, number one, Tony Tate from Western Illinois last year. He was their other slash guy besides Steve McShane. He had that 63-yard kickoff return to open the second half. Yep. They handed him the ball in the fly sweep. He was great. Multiple times. He ended up last year with 29 touches the whole year. He had seven pivotal touches in Bozeman. And he, was a, he was a starter. Yeah. That's how hard it is to spread it around, though. I think about this with Gabe Solser all the time. Like they, Montana State's received so much criticism for putting Troy Anderson at quarterback. The fact of the matter is, though, when Troy Anderson's at quarterback, you snap him the ball every time. Guess what that means? Touch. It's a chance for Troy Anderson to get a touch. You don't have to have anybody else hand it to him, pitch it to him, throw it to him. He's got the ball in his hands. Advantage Montana State. Think about Gabe Solser. Right now, give me the over-under. Is Gabe Solser going to touch the ball over or under 100 times by the end of his sophomore year this season? In his, in, his, in his career, so far. 
I think he had something like twenty. Like by the end of this year, by the end of this year, it's going to be it's going to be way under, way under, way right? Under. Yes. And and so his career will be halfway. I mean, give me the over under on even sixty touches. Right. I mean, he 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 had three touches last week, and I think one in week one. I, I'm getting his career stats up here right now. So right now, Gabe Solser has, um, as far as touches from scrimmage, he's got seven carries and 19 receptions, or, and 12 receptions, excuse me. So 19 total touches from scrimmage in two years. In so, a year and two games. In a year and two games. So in, in the remaining 10 games on Montana's regular season schedule, you know, maybe he gets five touches a game, well, so he gets and, the 50 touches. And oh, he is going to get more, certainly, you know, going forward than he had maybe. A, as a true freshman. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Right. You know, I mean, what's, what really is the over-under for touches from scrimmage for Gabe Solskjaer this year? 40? 50? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not as many as a guy with his level of talent should have, but it's because, of course, you're going to throw the ball to Jerry Lou McGee eight to ten times a game. Of course you are. How could yes. you not? Right. Of course you're going to throw the ball to Sammy Kim seven to nine times a game. Of course you're going to throw the ball to Samari Torrey seven to nine times a game. Well, add them up, do the math. There's 27 of your throws right there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Colin Bingham breaks open for one. Matt Rensville breaks open for one. There's not very many throws left to have. And I think I think it's just it's interesting because people that know the internal workings of programs, which coaches, the head coach, knows it better than anybody. But then when you cover a team from an up-close and personal view like we do the Cats and the Grizz, you can talk all about the weapon that Willie Patterson could be at Montana State, the weapon that Mitch Roberts could be at Montana. And they could be, but they're not yet. And it takes so much for coaches to have the trust. Because I mean, how good do you have to be and how good do you have to look if you're Mitch Roberts to steal snaps from Samari Torre? You have to be lights out Very, ridiculously right. good, right? So I think it is an interesting deal, but I also think that's why what Montana State does on offense is so creative. Because... How many touches is Travis Johnson realistically going to get when you don't have a guy that's really that capable of throwing the ball more than you know 15, maximum 20 times a game? Mm-hmm. He's not going to get... If you're throwing the ball 20 times a game and you're going to make sure that Kevin Cassis gets five touches, that, that means you got 15 other passes the whole game to get to Travis Johnson. Well, look, you're hard-pressed to say through two weeks, and look, I mean, one of those is Texas Tech, so it kind of is what it is. You can, I think you can pretty much throw that game tape out. But... They obviously did a good job, right? They got a nice mix of, of of guys running the football. 46 total carries, eight different guys registering uh, at least two carries uh, in the game. In fact, it's, it's actually funny. The bottom five guys, two carries, three carries, four carries, five carries, six carries. They just r- ramped them right up the list. And then Troy Anderson there with six. Logan Jones with eight, and then Isaiah Fonse leading the way with 11. It's not as if they had a guy who had 30 touches and everybody else had two. You know, they did it on the and rushes, I should say, not touches, but rushes. Totally. I mean, the average college football team runs 70 to 80 plays a game, yep. which is a ton. That's a ton. But to even get the proliferation of touches that you want to get all the guys that you need to get or that you would hope to get involved, you got to run 90 to 95 plays a game. That's not really in Montana the Montana State ran sixty. That's what I'm saying. It's not yeah. really in the DNA of the Cats or the Grizz. The other thing that's interesting about Montana State in terms of the number of plays that they run and the way that they control the clock is that Jeff Choate, there's this there's this notion that he wants to sit on the clock, and it's not true for one reason. Because the diversity of the way that they get the ball to whoever is the trigger man on that specific play is combined with who is the trigger man on any given specific play, especially if that guy is Troy Anderson or Travis Johnson or Kevin Cassis, they actually manufacture more big plays than any team in the league other than Eastern Washington, and they do it with their quarterback run game. In other words, Montana State, I mean, against Idaho last year, for example, they had the ball for 17 minutes because Troy Anderson scored a 65-yard touchdown and a 71-yard touchdown. The drive lasted for 20 seconds, both plays. Yes. And then Idaho gets the ball, and Mason Petrino throws... 17 three-yard passes per possession, and I know has the ball for 10 minutes at a time to get one field goal. So I guess what I'm saying is sometimes time of possession is overrated, but also the notion that Montana State likes to sit on the clock. They do if they have a lead, but oftentimes it's not even in the cards because sitting on the clock goes by the wayside when Troy Anderson puts his foot in the ground and he's gone. Coulter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls, I love Rainbows, and I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, 
look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely the, the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana. It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for internet, voice, professional services, anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expanding their fiber network into Bozeman, San Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site, or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. Well, the, and the presumption, too, is that if you want to be a run-the-football run the type of team, big guys up front, hand the ball off, or in this case, carry it from the quarterback spot, however that works out, that you are, in virtue of that, a slow-plotting, time-sucking type of football team. You can run the ball just as fast as any. You can move the ball. You can run plays just as fast as anybody. just happens that those plays are run plays rather than the air raid or whatever it might be. And the efficacy of that is not, in fact, can be increased. I mean, you would want to. If you're changing quarterbacks a lot, it seems to me, run a little bit quicker. Because all of a sudden they're going, okay, what number's under center? Who is that guy? What's this guy? I mean, that's a tough scout for a defense to try and figure out, is this Troy Anderson? Is it Travis Johnson? Is it Casey Bauman who's standing back there? And if so, what is the type of thing that we expect this guy to do, you know, under center? The the notion of wanting to be a balanced offense with a more traditional pass game and how essential that is to be a complete and diverse attack I think that that's a little bit overrated in the case of Montana State because they have been so creative in getting their playmakers the ball. They Almost every team in the country you can think of, to score a 75-yard touchdown consistently, they need to throw the ball mm-hmm. or they need to run some sort of play with some misdirection or some sort of bells and whistles, smoke and mirrors. When you can truly just run quarterback counter, and I mean, it's not as if it happened a couple times. Troy Anderson scored 13 touchdowns of 50 yards or more. 13. Think of that. It's a, it's a astounding stat to just snap the ball to the guy and he's gone. So I, I get the whole notion of that there's been so much criticism heaped upon the Bobcat coaching staff for not being able to recruit a quarterback, not being able to develop a quarterback. But Jeff Choate is very defiant in what he in the way he responds to that. And in a certain way, I don't blame him. If you can have more big plays than anybody in the league with having almost zero risk of the exchange of the football, that's advantage Montana State all day long. It's much, it's very similar to what Sam Houston State did when they had their, their run of three straight semifinals appearances, two national championship games. They were running the spread option, and they would oftentimes line up a young man named Richard Sincere in the gun, and he would just do their gun run stuff, run the option. He would take it. He would never throw it. Everybody knew when Sincere was in the game, they were running the option. Couldn't stop it. Richard Sincere and Tim Flanders, that was one of the best big play combos in the entire FCS, and Sam Houston State killed people with it. It's very similar to what Montana State's doing right now. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. So, big game against Western Illinois. What can the Bobcats expect out of Western Illinois and McComb? This is what Jeff Choate had to say in his scout of the Leathernecks. I like their quarterback. I think he's actually, he's not as mobile as the guy they had last year. Doesn't have as much experience perhaps, but he's very accurate and he can make all the throws. Six foot three, 215 pounds. Kind of a more of a conventional pocket passer, but he can make all the throws. They've got some weapons. Uh, I think, that, you know, I think Coach Elliott is a pretty sharp offensive mind. I mean, I think he does some things that really present challenges to the defense. They're always going to stretch in, test you on the perimeter with the fly sweep game. That's a big part of what they do. Um, number one, that Tony Tate, he's a good player. He's a threat in the return game, and uh, they're going to get him the ball. He's going to have his touches, whether it's handing him the ball on fly sweep, dialing up shots for him in the pass game. I think very much they have a DNA in terms of their run game. They use a lot of tight ends, a lot of formations. They have great tempo in and out of the huddle, and uh, they'll run some unbalanced sets. But they also are very unique in that, that they don't necessarily – they're a little bit more of a game plan outfit when it comes to the pass game. And so they're going to identify the weaknesses that you have in your coverages, and they're going to attack them. The other guy that's going to get his uh, his touches is 25. Really good football player. Um, you know, the, um, he's not their primary tailback. 21's their primary tailback, but they will put 25 in there. They'll run slip screens with him. They'll motion him out of the backfield and get him the ball. 
Um, you know, they'll run some slide boot, get him in, in space, and, uh, and even some fly sweep with him. I mean, he's a guy that, again, you can tell, they're designing their game plan around making sure that, that they get their touches to those two individuals in particular. Their D-line is the strength of their defense. Excellent defensive line. They're well-coached. Uh, big physical group. They lost a great player a year, a year ago that was one of the FCS players that was drafted. Uh, I don't see a lot of drop-off on that unit, however. I think that's a very good unit. So compliments to the defensive line there. What you don't hear there is uh, the, the fact that they are young and new at linebacker and also have some transfers in in the secondary as well. So it is a the, the, the front four is certainly the strength, as Jeff Choate just said, of that defense, but they they – they're good in their own right, but also it, I think there's been a little bit of a drop-off on the back end uh, on the Western Illinois defense. But, Coulter, when you look at the Western Illinois and you put out you know things you need to know, your first look at Skyline Sports MT, what do you think or what do you see about the letter next and what Montana's going to have to do? Well, every once, State, every, every, every once in a while in college football, a team gears up for what they think is going to be a special season. That season was last season for Western Illinois. Western Illinois had made the playoffs two of the previous three seasons. They'd gone through a coaching change with Charlie Fisher going to join Herm Edwards' staff at Arizona State and Jared Elliott taking over. And so even, even with a, a first-year head coach, they had 23 seniors. They had uh, Khalil Jenkins, who was widely considered – Khalil Saunders, excuse me. I always get Khalil Jenkins and Khalil Saunders mixed up. Khalil Jenkins was the quarterback at Cal Poly. Uh, Khalil Saunders. Khalil Mack, do you ever get those mixed up? Saunders, Saunders was, was – arguably the best defensive tackle in the entire country. I mean, he's a two-time All-American. He's a third-round draft pick by the Kansas City Chiefs after his, after his senior year. He, they had him. They had Xavier Rowe, who was a multiple-time All-American, or excuse me, a multiple-time All-Conference guy on the back end. They had multiple All-Conference linebackers. And then on offense, they had Sean McGuire, who was a four-year starter. They had Steve McShane, who was a four-year starter. They had guys for days. They, they ended up having eight seniors that earned All-Missouri Valley honors last year. And they still went five and six. When you gear up for that special season and you have so much talent and you have so many veteran guys, and then it goes awry, I think that that just impacts the momentum of your program so much because mm. it's so disappointing. And I think it's even accentuated when it happens in year one of a coach because you can't just fire this guy. It's not necessarily his fault. Right. Well, maybe it is, but you know what I'm saying. Like <laughs> yeah. you can't. I mean, you, regardless, you can't just hire him and fire. I mean, I guess you could, but it's just, it's very rare that that's going to happen. Yeah. But then it, I think it just makes your rebuild even more daunting. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Western Illinois, I mean, Coach Cho mentioned Clint Rakovic, the the fullback. That's their only returning starter on offense. The only one. It's amazing. They have no seniors on their offensive line. None. And on defense, they only have four starters with starting experience. They got a captain who's never started a game before this year as one of their two defensive captains. In fact, both of their defensive captains are first-year starters. So that shows you just how young the program is. That said, Western Illinois has been in this exact same situation a year ago, having lost a close game in their opener and lost to an FBS team in their second game and then coming back home for their first home game of the season against the Montana Grizzlies last year. And they beat Montana. They beat? And I think yeah. that's why Jeff Chota's on high alert. I think there's two factors. One, Western Illinois beat the Grizz in what, is, at the end of the season, was considered an upset. And number two, like Jeff Chota said in that soundbite, Montana State won the gold rush in an emotional game at home last year. And they couldn't have looked worse against South Dakota State. No. I mean, I remember texting the sports information director at Montana State and saying... I'm not trying to be mean here. Is this the worst the Cats have ever looked through one half of football? I mean, they were down 35 to nothing, and they had, it was like not even the same world than in South Dakota State. So I think that's why Jeff Trotz on high alert. That said, I think Western Illinois is a team that's in rebuild mode this year. Be a fun game. They're all fun. This will be a very good one. And this is, this is a, a major, major game. Obviously, every game in conference is probably a bigger game than, than just about every game at non-conference. But this is, uh, this is as big as it gets, you know, for, for a little while for Montana State, it would seem. And if they can get a win here, they're going to set themselves up for uh, a big-time uh, big success, it seems to me, going down the road. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Okay. Who wants some wings? Hands up. No, 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 don't take your hand off the steering wheel. Just trust me. Why don't you just give me a call? 329-1899. 329-1899. We got wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern. 
and some trivia questions for you. Trivia questions about point spreads, specifically football. The NFL for two and Grizz and Ducks for another. 329-1899. You want some wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern? Give us a shout. See if we can't hook you up next. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, ESPN Sports Center. Last weekend, all three Missoula High School Class AA football teams posted victories for the first time in quite a while. Yeah, on the same Friday night, uh, doing it all at once is the point. Uh, Missoula Sentinel moved to 2-0 with a stifling defensive effort spurred on by an 85-yard punt return for a touchdown by future Grizz Jackson Lee in a 21-3 win over Billing Senior. Hellgate, who had a bye in the first week of the season, won its season opener for the first time since 2000, routing Billing Skyview 39-0 in Missoula. And Missoula Big Sky earned its first win of the season with an impressive 21-18 upset victory over number 5 Bozeman. For two weeks, defending state champion Billings West, the only Eastern AA team with an unblemished record. The Golden Bears ran past Big Sky in their opener, then dismantled Flathead last week. Four teams, Butte, Helena, Capital, and Sentinel in the Western AA are 2-0 so far. The East has just three wins total combined, the whole East. The third being by Bozeman, while the Class AA West, 11-4 so far early on. Pretty strong on the West side. Uh, Hamilton and Frenchtown each moved to 2-0 last week, accelerating their collision course for week five, for a Week 5 showdown. Carson Rostad, the reigning Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, and quarterback for Hamilton, has already thrown 10 touchdowns in the Bronx wins. Frenchtown junior Chase Klusiewicz has already scored six. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Ready for some wings? It's a rhetorical question. It's obvious. Dolter and I already got got him knocked down for the day. We did indeed. It's two tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83, and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on Twitter at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. Everything you ever needed on Twitter, that's where you can go. They are called handles. No one really knows why. Uh, it's time for a wing at Wednesday. See if we can't give away some wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. We welcome Corey to the show. Corey, how are you doing? Not bad. How are you? Doing great, Corey. Appreciate it very much. Now, Corey, the questions I have today are about point spreads in football, and specifically uh, a couple of NFL Vegas point spreads and uh, the, the the Grizz Oregon game. Do you, are, you, are you into that? Do you know about that kind of stuff? A little bit. Now, I, I hear That's probably my weakest point. <laughs> now, I know what you're doing right now, Corey. You're a degenerate, but you're trying to hide it on the radio. That's what's <laughs> happening here, okay? So it's okay. You're amongst friends here, okay? So here we go. Let's do. We're going to get three questions for you. If you get two of them right, you got yourself wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. If you get all three, you got yourself a shirt. If you need help on any of these, Coulter is your lifeline, all right? Fantastic. Let's do it. Tell me likey. Tell me what wingy. Okay, here we go. Corey, question number one. Uh, the There is a, a huge, huge line on the NFL uh, uh, docket this week, and it is the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. 
I will just tell you that the New England Patriots are favored in that game, okay? That should not come as much of a surprise, right? That the Patriots are favored against the hapless Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah, for sure. Two within three points. Tell me, what is the line on this football game right now in terms of the, the number of points by which, as a betting favorite, New England is favored over Miami? And, it, and by NFL standards, it's big. Mm, boy, I would have to say... Mm, the three touchdowns or four? I would say... Say three, Corey. <laughs> I'm going to say three. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you this, Corey. I've never seen a four-touchdown line in the NFL. Never. Well, if there was one, this would be <laughs> uh, Indeed. So, okay, give me an actual number, though. Don't give me touchdowns. Tell me the number. What do you points. 21 points. It is 19, and that is a giant number giant. in the NFL. I would have said uh, 17. Yeah. And, so and that's huge. It, it, it is huge. Uh, but 19 points is the biggest number that I've seen in recent memory, uh, and it is uh, it is a big one indeed. Uh, the Patriots favored to beat Miami on Sunday. Very good. Very good, Corey. Question number one in the books. Let's go to question number two. To within five points, within five points now, what is the largest point spread in the history of the NFL? What's the number? Within five points. Um... I think I'm going to stick with 21 again. Give it to him. Corey, you are five and a half points short. Minus 26 and a half. The Raiders were 26 and a half point favorites over the Miami Dolphins. Again, the Dolphins in 1967. That was also, though, the same line that the Broncos were favored in uh, in their run to the Super Bowl in 2013 over the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2013. 26 and a half. We're going to hold that one. Okay, we're going to hold that one back. You're a half point off. Let me tell you, if this was Vegas, we're keeping the money. Okay, Corey, just for the record. All right, now remember, you still got a lifeline. Here we go, last question. To within seven points, what is the Vegas point spread on the Grizz-Oregon football game this weekend? The Oregon Ducks at home against the Montana Grizzlies. Oh, man. Um, definitely use the lifeline on that one. Okay, you want to use a lifeline on this one? Coulter, what, what, uh, what, what is your best offering and help here for... Uh, for Corey. Oh, has the line moved? It's moved a little bit. You and I, now here's the thing. There's different places that you sure. can go. There's not like a definitive line. The line that you were looking at, though, is not the line I found. I did not find one as low as what you were looking at before. I found what I think is a more accurate line. The last line I saw was 36 and a half. Okay. Oregon was favored by 36 and a half. Corey, what do you no think? Way. You want to go with that? <laughs> Well, it could be accurate. I doubt that that's going to happen, but I'll go with it. Now, wait, so you think the Grizz are going to cover that? You think it's going to be, it's not going to happen because it's going to be closer than that or because Oregon's going to win by more than that? I think they're going to lose. You think Oregon's going to lose? Yeah, why not? I I love this kid. Uh, You did go with it, though, and it is 36 and a half points on the dot. You said to me earlier today, like 28 points you have seen somewhere. I don't yes. think that that's true. I don't, never, it, I don't ever remember seeing or saying that. Well, a lot of times you talk, but your eyes are shut, so I don't exactly know what's going on. Yeah. Okay, well, right, so maybe right, it opened right. at 20. Yeah, I mean, but yes, 36 and a half points, please. so five touchdowns and change. Uh, you have gotten it. Corey, this ain't... I think they're going to win. I love it, Corey. Corey, why are you why are you optimistic about the Grizz chances on Saturday in Eugene? Because they're my Grizzlies. I love them. Oh, okay. I don't know. Hey, look, man, that's the right answer. If you were going to start to break start to break stuff down and go, well, here, you know, I think in the uh, when the three four, uh, you know, defensive scheme, there's going to be some whole. I, thought I was going to say no, no, no. But if it's just sheerly fan love, well, who am I to say otherwise, my friend? Enjoy your wings, and let's give them the shirt, too. 21 right. points was very, very close to the five-point spread. Good enough for me. He gets wings and a shirt to the Desperado. Corey, enjoy it. Thanks for the call, all right? Yeah, thank you. You bet. Corey, big winner on a wing at Wednesday. We'll do another one at the top of the hour. We are going to do it at 5 rather than 5.30 as we normally do because on Wednesdays now, culture's out of here a little early to go down and get some players uh, at practice as well. 36 and a half points of uh, the Grizz Oregon game 
and 26 and a half from the Broncos. I mean, that that's even with the res, whatever the result would be of the game, that's an embarrassment. If you're a 27 point dog in an NFL game, I mean, if you ever break 20, it should just be a rule that there's a new owner of the team. You know, that should be it. Like, if Vegas goes, you're going to lose by three touchdowns or more, it should just be, you should just have the commissioner have a signed affidavit, you can no longer own this football team. Out of here. The Dolphins are close. (laughs) Real close right now. It's just so amazing that there's multiple guys on the Dolphins that are trying to get out after one game. I mean, that's not amazing, is it? Seems about right. It just must be so dysfunctional. I mean, they had coaches snorting lines of cocaine before meetings, uh, and okay. and that that didn't cause guys to want to not be on a different team. Like, if it's worse than that, how bad is it? It's not. How bad is it? You lost to Lamar Jackson, <laughs> who scored fifty nine points on you in his first game of his sophomore season, who scored no points against the Chargers in his last game. It's, effectively, it's utterly astounding. I mean, it, that's how bad it is. It only matters if it's bad on the field, and it's awful on the field. And this looked like, nah, it was bad, bad news. Ryan Fitzpatrick rallied the troops, bro. What's going on over there? So figure it out. Stutel Nuanas, 129 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Culture, uh, the Grizzlies being a 36.5-point favorite, or uh, underdog, excuse me, to, to Oregon on Saturday. I think that's a, I think as as numbers go, I think that's a reasonable number. I don't think it needs to be forty something. I certainly I don't think it should be twenty something. I think mid thirties is about right for this football game. I think that it recognizes how good Oregon is and it recognizes that at the level how good Montana is. Like if it was Missouri State, notably not southeast Missouri State, or if it was even at North Alabama going in there, it's probably forty eight points. You know? But in this instance, 36 points, I think that's a, a very reasonable number for it to be uh, on, a, on, a, on a betting line. I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think this is, I, I'd say it's, I, I would put, if you would have said, had me guess this line, I would have said between 36 and 42 points. It's a pretty wide range right there. I think that the Grizz will score in the teens and Oregon will score in the 50s. Okay. Very good. Stutel Nuanas. Take a quick break. On the other side, looking forward to this, Erin Parchet. She is uh, with the Montana Brewers Association, and they are having, hello, their annual fall rendezvous. Notably, Brewers, when they have a rendezvous, they bring beer. She's going to tell you all about it right after this. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber gotta have it you sure do man you need to eat your fruits and your veggies your bananas you got to get all that stuff in maybe even some bran plums all of it fiber is very important well guess what turns out it's important to communication as well you might be surprised to learn that blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars truly in building a fiber optic network throughout montana through bozeman and around gallatin county more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by blackfoot that's amazing Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. To tell in Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. It's September. Fall is coming. That means it's beer time, people. It is to tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. And we are 
very happy now to welcome in the sales manager from Kettle House Brewing, Aaron Partshirt. Aaron, how are you? Nice to have you here. Thanks for coming to see us. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Now, you know, we're always happy to have people in studio, to have guests come down here and all of that. But we are very happy that you have come because this is about beer and Coulter and I, well, for goodness sakes, I mean, what could make us happier? We might <laughs> rank beer above football. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it is close. 1A and 1B. It is close. 1A and 1B. Uh, the uh, Brewers Association, Montana Brewers Association, full rendezvous is uh, Saturday, and a rendezvous from a brewing association is quite a thing to behold. Tell us about it. Well, the, like you said, the fall rendezvous is this weekend at Karis Park. Um, it's a, you know, for lack of better terms, it's a, it's a brew fest. There's, but it's, the, you, there, that is a great term. Yeah. No, no lack of better term there at all. It's a great beer fest, though. Um, the thing that's unique about it is that this beer fest does feature only Montana-made craft beer. So that's something that's really fun that we're really excited to be a part of. Um, the, uh, the fest starts at 3 o'clock for a VIP uh, ticket holders, and then at four for uh, general entry, and then the last pours at eight. So. Okay, a uh, couple things. Now, I I uh, don't think I'm you know too far out over my skis to say I've, I've attended this on more than one occasion. This Same. particular one. Yep. Uh, if you're going to go to a brew fest or a rendezvous down at Karis Park, so this is the one because uh, you know it's all good. You know, you got the tokens, and you go and you do the thing. What I would prefer to do is pay my money get my glass and say, whatever you want, go ahead, have at it. That's what we're talking about here with the NBA, right? This is how you're doing it the right way. The Beer Fest is the tickets are $30 for general admission and 40 for VIPs and samples are included with admission. So Yes, by samples, you mean, you know, beer, right? I do. Okay, good. Yes. Uh, also, the VIP hour, critical, because this... It fills up, man. They need a lot of people down here for this thing. You go there that first hour and you got kind of access... To, there's going to be some unique, I mean, I've seen like peach jalapeno brews and all kind of different, you know, huckleberry cinnamon. They, they're they the back there with, with like alchemy, bringing up all these different types of brews across the state. So you, and those will go quickly though. So you want to get there and kind of get, get, check out what's good, right? Certainly. Something that's cool about this beer fest is that, um, we do have judging. So mm. all of the, the judging will happen before the beer fest on all of the beers. There are 16 different categories and the winners will be announced during the VIP hour. And there's always going to be a run on those beers. So if you're yes. there early, you're going to be sure you're going to get them. And, you know, everyone's going to bring out their A game because everyone's trying to impress their brewery brethren. So right. there at Kettle House, we're bringing a peach goza. So it's a salted wheat beer with peaches. We're bringing outstanding. Our, yeah, we're bringing our shady New England IPA. And then we're bringing our Slant Street Pilsner. So we're excited about the beers we're, we're bringing. And then we're also excited to try everyone else's. Absolutely. Kettle House is uh, such an entrenched part of this community and, and has such a longstanding great reputation. But the beer industry in Montana has evolved and grown so much. Just from your seat, how have you seen it grow and evolve? And what do you think of just the thriving industry that is craft brew in Montana? I think it's awesome. You know, uh, this is going to be the eighth annual Montana Brewers Conference here in Missoula. And over the last seven years, we've seen um, the industry in this state grow tremendously. And it's nearly tripled. Um, there are wow. nearly 90 breweries now. And in, in 2012, there were only 30. Mm -hmm. So, um you know, so the, now it's double the state population. That's great. <laughs> right? Two breweries for every it's one of awesome. us. It's yeah. awesome. We're never going to go thirsty. Um, <laughs> but it's great. Uh, in Montana, the craft breweries have an annual economic impact of about a half a billion dollars. Wow. So that's something that's that we're really proud to be a part of that community. And um, we're, we're proud to be a part of the MBA. You know, it's a statewide association of breweries and organized for the purpose of promoting our craft. So Yeah, talk about that a little bit because this... This brew fest, this fall rendezvous, is uh, uh, a fundraiser of sorts, but also put on by the MBA, the Montana Brewers Association. And what what exactly is the function of that group, of that entity? Yeah, so the function of the, the MBA is to uh, protect and promote independent craft breweries here in the state. So whether that's through events like this, where people can come out and enjoy enjoy our beers, or whether it's through you know, legislative efforts. It's just all about, you know, promoting the local and promoting the craft. Yeah, very good. Why do you think craft beer, beer thrives so much in Montana? There, there's a lot of quality products, but I also think there's a distinct element of 
Montanans being dedicated to buying things from other Montanans, right? Yeah, I think so. Montana's an awesome an awesome place. It's um I think that you kind of hit it on the head right there. It's a, a commitment to independence. Everyone in Montana is a fierce independent and as as craft brewers, we're fierce about that too, about being local and serving our local communities and I think um craft breweries fit right in here in Missoula and in Montana. Well, again, it is uh, a Saturday, 3 o'clock with your VIP ticket, 4 o'clock with your general ticket. Uh, you pay one time, 40 for VIP, 30 for uh, uh, the regular entry, and then uh, you can have at it and uh, and sample the the wide variety. Truly, I mean, you know, people want to go down and have a good time and all that, but if you are into beer, mm-hmm. there is no better scenario than, than this to get the broadest array of what's available and what's out there. And like you said, People are not bringing, oh, we had an extra keg of this. We're going to throw it on the back of the trailer. This is, we made this specifically for this event because we know everybody who is going to know about beer is going to be there at this event, right? Yep, definitely. It is a Beer Geeks brew fest. Yeah. So we're excited to to geek out with everybody down there. Karis Park, Saturday afternoon, the 2019 NBA Full Rendezvous. Go check it out. I can't let her get off the hook without talking about okay. the music. Because Letter B is a great local band. And my guy, Jordan Lane, lead singer of Letter hey. B. I just spent three days with him at the Gorge watching Dave Matthews. He gave me his tent and everything. So is he going to be inspired we, from that, from, oh, the, from the Dave fest? He, he is very much like Dave, actually. Mm. He's a phenomenal songwriter. He's a great singer, great musician. So they'll be there, too. And we, ha- we can't let her go without you know, giving Jordan and, a little and, shout and, out. And, and, and Letter that's B my bad, out. because I've seen Letter B a number of times. And they are outstanding. They're awesome. Jordan's great. Great, great outfit. So that will be, that will also add to the festivities. It's a little better than like, you know, just the fans singing chants, which generally happens at the, at the, at the brew fest. At some <laughs> so they start over and then it's like the national anthem, you know, cause everybody knows the words have a band there. That's going to do it. For oh you, yeah. You know? we're, we're excited to have them and, and we're thankful they're coming out. And we also just, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. We have 32 this year. So wow. that's too many to, to list here, but I do definitely want to say thank you to you guys. Thanks to the trail and Missoula Broadcasting for helping to sponsor us and make this possible. We're abs- it's absolutely our pre- pleasure. We're happy to do it. Erin uh, Parcher, the sales manager at the Kettle House Brewing, she will be there. The Kettle House will be there and a whole bunch of others as well uh, in a friendly competition and beer sharing afternoon and evening down at uh, Karis Park Saturday. Aaron, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Hour one of the books, hour two, straight ahead. It's time for a wing it Wednesday. It's Coulter's turn. 329-1899. 329-1899. You want wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. Coulter's got the questions. You got the answers. I will help you. We'll do it right after this. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Wannis, ESPN Sports Center. Last weekend, all three Missoula High School Class AA football teams posted victories for the first time in recent memory on the same Friday night. Missoula Sentinel moved to 2-0 with a stifling defensive effort spurred on by an 85-yard punt return for a touchdown by future Grizz Jackson Lee in a 21-3 win over Billing Sr. Hellgate, who had a bye the first week of the season, won its season opener for the first time since 2000, routing Billing Skyview 39-0 in Missoula. And Missoula Big Sky earned its first win of the season with an impressive 21-18 upset victory over number 5 Bozeman. 2 through two weeks, defending state champion Billings West, the only undefeated team in the Eastern AA. The Golden Bears ran past Big Sky in the opener and then dismantled Flathead last week. Four teams, Butte High, Helena High, Helena Capital, and Missoula Sentinel in the Western AA are 2-0 and so far. The East has just three cumulative wins, the third being by Bozeman, and the West, they are 11-4 and so far. Hamilton and Frenchtown each moved to 2-0 and last week, accelerating their collision course for the Week 5 showdown. Carson Rostad, the reigning Montana Gatorade Player of the Year and quarterback of Hamilton, has already thrown 10 touchdowns in the Bronx wins over Butte Central and Corvallis. Frenchtown junior Clay Jace Klusiewicz already has scored six touchdowns in leading his Bronx to wins over Dillon and Butte Central. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. You ready for a Wing It Wednesday? Okay. Let's do it. It is to tell Nuanas. It is our number two, and it is great to be with you. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and online at Kurtz. 
Polaris.com. You can find us on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen live on the Listen Live tab. It's called a stream, and it's there courtesy of Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to call, 329-1899 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. And if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, listen on the podcast. The podcast is available on the TuneIn Radio Network, on TuneIn Radio app, excuse me, on Spotify, on our website, and really anywhere that you get your podcast. That's right. It's the Two-Tail and the Wanda's podcast. It is there for you. We are there for you. It is there thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. We go to the phones. And we welcome in Eric to the show. Eric, how are you? I hear something, but I don't know that I hear Eric. Do we have Eric there? No. Maybe he'll come back to us, Coulter. What do you think? Think we're going to get a guy? Hope so. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. What are your questions about, questions Coulter? Questions about Grizz receivers. Historic standings. For Grizz receivers. As we know, Jerry Lou McGee about to break the all-time. He's only three away, right? Bench record, yep. Three away. And uh, a couple other things about career statistics for Montana receivers. All right, so we lost Eric. So 329-1899. If you want to do a wing it Wednesday, you can give us a call. And Coulter's got uh, the uh, uh, statistics for you. Here in about 15 minutes, we are going to hear from Robin Flugrad, who is uh, obviously the former coach at the University of Montana, and people may not know this, uh, is a an Oregon native from Eugene. One of the reasons we want to have yep. him on is because obviously the Grizz are going to play Oregon this week. Uh, and so, he, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that a lot of people um, have very different opinions of, very different views on, different uh, perspectives on him as a coach and also what happened. Obviously, he, uh, along with Jim O'Day, were the two that were fired when the Jordan Johnson case uh, came to light and why and how that happened is, is, you know, certainly a matter of perspective. Uh, but as the university of Montana head coach and also uh, an Oregon native who was also a coach for the ducks, right? A wide receivers coach for Oregon for a while to have him on, I think is going to be really interesting. And, and you had a, a pretty extensive conversation with him today, Coulter. Yeah, it was good catching up with coach flu. You know, my brother played for uh, a couple years for, Coach Flugrad, yep. and uh, it's easy to forget that, that Robin Flugrad has made his, even though he has made stops at Portland State and Montana and Arizona State and Washington State and Oregon, and now uh, you know, first back. at Phoenix College in Arizona and then now back at Northern Arizona, he spent the most, the majority of his career in Montana. He was with, he was on Don Reed's first staff. He was on Don Reed's staff for 10 full years. Right. And then he ended up going to Arizona State in 95, right before Montana won the national championship. So he did not get to be a part of that, getting the ring. But he applied when Don Reed retired for the head coaching job. He re- applied when Mick Dennehy left for Utah State. He applied when Joe Glenn left for Wyoming. And he just lost out on those each time. But then he came back to Montana in 2009 to serve on Bobby Houck's staff. And you'll hear in the interview, but you know, he said, pretty good situation to inherit Mark Mariani. And, <laughs> and right. uh, then, uh, he, then he becomes the head coach at long last. And I think that you know, there might be some differing opinions, but I think that Robin Flugrad is by and large beloved in Missoula because yeah. he had spent so much time here. His kids were born here. And, and he's just such a good guy. You know, I mean, you could have whatever differing opinion you want on his head coaching prowess or lack thereof. I mean, the 2011 Grizz, they caught fire like no Grizz team this decade. And they, you know, they were at 1.3 and 3, and they won eight straight games, went all the way to semifinals, and they lost by a field goal to the eventual national runner up in Sam Houston State. That was a dyna- dynamic dynamite team. So I think that Coach Flugrad is remembered pretty well around Missoula. And it was great talking to him because I haven't talked to him in probably half a dozen years. And, yeah. you know, he, it, was, it was good catching up. Well, you'll hear that interview coming up here in about 10 minutes or so. But it is now time for a wing Wednesday. Let's try it again. This time, Tim on the line. Tim, how are you? Can you hear me? Hey, yeah, there, there we is. go. How are you doing, Tim? Good to have you on here. Thanks for being with us. You are, are you around western Montana today, cruising around? Where are you at? I'm at home in my office. Okay, very good. Glad to hear that, Tim. We got three questions for you. They're from Coulter. They are about all-time receiving leaders in the history of the University of Montana Grizzlies because, well, Jerry Louis McGee is 
he already is one, but he's about to come, become the all-time receptions leader uh, in uh, uh, Grizz history uh, with just three more. Uh, and so he will uh, set the mark presumably here soon, perhaps even Saturday. Uh, so we got three questions for you on that. If you get two of them right, you got yourself a basket of wings to the Desperado. If you get all three, you're going to uh, get a shirt to go along with it. And if you need help, help us all. I'm your lifeline on this one. I'm sorry in advance, okay? I'm sorry in advance on this one, Tim. You all right? I am. Here we go. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Tell me likey. Tell me want wingy. All right, Coulter. Uh, here we go. Questions for Tim. All timers. All right, Tim. Number one on that note, Jerry Lou McGee. He's got 190 catches in his career, three away from the all-time record. If and when he breaks that all-time record, whose record will he break? Who is the all-time receptions leader in the history of the Montana Grizzly football program? Raul Pachenko. Money. I mean market. Gotta love it. Just well, mark it. Raul Pacheco was was awesome. Montana used to have this great pipeline from Hawaii, of all places, because of Tim Lee, the former offensive coordinator, and Raul Pacheco, Brian Ayat. Some of the great offensive standouts in the history of Montana football were from Hawaii. Raul Pacheco was was great. He was on that 95 national championship team and uh, an excellent, excellent player. All right, Tim, you're one for one, so you just need one more to get the wings, two more to get the wings and the shirt. You still got your lifeline. So number two, who is the all-time leader in receiving yards in the University of Montana football history? Uh, Jamal Jones. You're on it, Tim. I love it. Jamal Jones broke Mark Mariani's record by two yards. Yeah. And they, didn't they do a thing where they? it was like at the end of the year, he was maybe four yards short, and they reviewed mm-hmm, all the plays mm-hmm, for the official mm-hmm, stats at the end mm-hmm. of the year, and what was a lateral became a forward pass, thus getting him six extra yards and then breaking the record, something like that? Yeah, it was something along those lines, yes. And I know, uh, I know my guy... Mark, who was a, a good buddy of mine at college, he was a little salty on. Well, Lewis, one would say. <laughs> listen to Zachary, but he was very complimentary to Jamal Jones because Jamal Jones was a great player, great, great receiver player. Great as player. well. Um, but uh, no, definitely, I, I think it, well, there was a little bit of a re- revising that went into that. But, Tim, congratulations. You got yourself some wings already. Still Excellent got, work, Still Tim. got a lifeline. Yes. And now you got one more. Who's the all-time leader in receiving touchdowns Ooh. in the University of Montana football history? Oh, Brian, can you help me? Well, probably not, Tim. But <laughs> let's walk through this. I mean, Mark Mariani would be somewhere on this list, I would think. Um, I guess it's probably not either of the two other guys because if they, if it was, I mean, Coulter's not going to double up. You know, that's what I think. I, I'm just going to go, and uh, I know this one is wrong, but he's a buddy of mine, so I'm just going to go Scott Guernsey. There you go, Gerns. Gerns is actually he's, up there. He's up there. Absolutely. He, he is up there. It's not Scott Guernsey. It is but, Mark Mariani. Is it Mark? Okay. It is Mark. Well, here's the good news. Here's the good news, Tim. You didn't need a shirt. You got shirts. I've seen your closet, man. It's loaded up. Don't ask me why I've seen it, but I've seen it. Okay. <laughs> So you got wings. That's what you came for from the Desperado. They are the best wings, Coulter. And I had some just this afternoon. They're still good. We can tell you firsthand they're still the best in town. Go down there and enjoy. Give your information to the guys in the back, and we'll get you set up with all those. All right, Tim? All right, thanks. You bet. There you go, Tim. How many touchdowns for Mark Mariani? 29, which is actually a lower number than you maybe would expect Mm. for an all-time program leader. But the thing that's... Perception and reality are so are so interesting, right? Yes, I think Mont- they are Monta- very interesting. Montana is so. <laughs> I think Montana is pinned so often as a, a rough and tumble, defensive minded school, because that's what they were with Joe Glenn and Bobby Houck for a, a, a sustained duration, a full decade. But Montana, I mean, the Don Reed into McDenehy teams, they were the run and shoot all day. I mean, these guys were running the spread before the spread was cool. These guys were. I mean. The concept of using your inside receivers as an extension of your run game, it was pioneered by Mouse Davis and and Hal Mummy at Portland State, but then proliferated with Don Reed taking that concept and running with it at the University of Montana. And you look at some of the all-time great receivers, but we were talking about offenses that try to spread the ball around. Those Don Reed offenses spread the ball around better than anybody. You'd look at a box score, you'd have Matt Wells and Scott Guernsey and Raul Pacheco and all those guys. 
eight, nine catches each because mm-hmm. they ran so many screens, right. so many you know inside slants. Just get the ball out and go, 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 go. Throw the ball 55, 60 times a game and just get after people. And it's also interesting during you know the Joe Glenn slash Bobby Houck era, there was a ton of talented receivers at Montana, even if they weren't throwing the ball all over the yard. And so many guys had to split time. Yeah, I mean, There was great players like Mike Ferrer and Ryan Bagley and Eric Allen and John Talmadge. On down the line, Craig Chambers. None of them got to be a feature receiver because that was the brilliance of the Grizz, was just playing six, seven guys all the time. Maybe this Saturday's your turn to shine. This Saturday's your turn to shine. That's why the rise of Mark Mariani was so special because he was the one guy in that 10-year span that differentiated himself and was able to rise to the absolute top and become the premier guy, the guy that was getting 80 catches, the guy who was catching 13, 14 touchdowns in a year. So many of those other guys... I mean, I've talked with Ryan Bagley. He's a good buddy of mine. His dad played at Montana State, and he said after his recruiting visit at MSU, when Mike Kramer was the head coach, he was he was set. He was going to be a cat. He said Bobby Hout came to his house, said, "No, you are not. You are going to be a Montana Grizzly." <laughs> and and Bag, you know, but Bagley always talks. You know, he does no regrets. I mean, the, you know, he he played on dominant teams, and he's got yeah. a finger uh, a fistful of rings from yeah. from his time with Montana. But like he used to say. What if I would have gotten played in Montana State's West Coast offense with Travis Lulay throwing the ball all over the place? I would have caught 300 passes instead of, I mean, he still had 150 catches. Sure. But he would have caught 80 passes a year for four years in a row if he would have been played at Montana State. It's, just, it's an interesting deal, but those guys, they all had to share reps. Um, but I was thinking, you know, you could, I think you could pretty easily make a Mount Rushmore of running backs at Montana, starting with Lex Hilliard, Chase Reynolds, and and probably Justin Green. Yeah. You'd have a lot harder time making a Mount Rushmore of receivers. Yes. From all those guys we just named, and we didn't even name guys like Jimmy Ferris. You know, I mean, there's there's been so many. Jefferson Heidelberger, LaVander Seegers, and then the guys from the modern era, Ellis Henderson, Jamal Jones, you know, on down the line, and all the guys that are here now. I was just going to say, I mean, there's a couple guys on the team I mean, today that I, might be I on mean, that I mean, Jerry Louis-McGee is yeah. knocking on the door. Sammy Kim's got a chance. I no mean, doubt. There's been a ton of talented receivers at the University of Montana. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner with Robin Flugrad. Next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 